Hello, and welcome to the Sutra Side Talk Backlog Special Number 7. I'm your host, Kamran Shushtar, and with me is... James Seelig. So, we were going to record this yesterday when we were recording 101, but then we were kind of strapped for time, and it was like, you know, we actually will have more time to do this if we would just wait one day. So, it's actually Memorial Day today yeah. uh, that we're recording this in the afternoon, and it's actually right after I just finished editing and released 101, so that should already be out. But uh, I think I'll put this out Wednesday or Friday. It doesn't really matter, but I'll put out one of the two days. Um, This, of course, is our May special with our backlog. So, you know, uh, what we've been doing, like, pretty much for months now is because we were so far behind during the summer because there was so much news uh, during summer 2020, uh, all of our play watch lists packed up. And we've been doing these backlog specials that are monthly to uh, kind of curb it and drop the number. So these aren't permanent episodes. It's just like ones we're doing until we can get them back under control where we can actually knock out everything we played and watched in our normal numbered episodes. Uh, so I think I'm at like, I'm still, uh, I don't, I need to recount how much I got watched, but I still have like 10 games to talk about. So mm. I still have a fat list. I think, though, I'm going to guess here because I was I thought we'd get more done in episode 100. And we only just <laughs> we just talked about Demon Slayer for over an hour, I feel like. Yeah, which is worth it. It's nothing, nothing wrong with that. But uh, I got a. I, th- I think it might be like two more backlog specials after this unless. No, wait. Yeah, it's gonna be two more because James, you know what's about to happen in like two weeks? E three and E three and whatever we're else. <laughs> we're so screwed. <laughs> Honestly, it feels like E three kind of already ha- happened because they're like Square Enix had a uh, Dragon Quest show and uh, they, there was like new information about Dying Light two and Far Cry six. And I'm just like, whoa, wait! I thought E three was in like two weeks. Yeah, luckily. I don't know actually how we're going to do it yet. Like, you know, before we used to do E3 specials. Yeah. But I think this year, because we've kind of, most of our special type episodes we used to do, or we did at least like at the end of 2020, we started integrating them, integrating them and making them our numbered episodes too. That way we weren't also like dying each week as yeah. well. So I think for E3, we'll just make it part of our normal numbered and, uh, there might be like whatever movie TV news added to it at the beginning just to knock that out quickly. Yeah. But it also might be it, really hard to split it up like we did last time anyway, because we used to split it up by the different shows. Like, yeah, this, like we would do a, a show on Sony and, you know, what Microsoft did and then also Nintendo and maybe some of the other pre- uh, people who sh- uh, showed up to make a presentation like uh, Bethesda. But now e3 is like a a streamed live show and i don't know if they're going to be separating everything like they used to either so we'll we'll just see what we have to do i guess at least everything's in one week like that's at least so at least we can the at least we can knock out microsoft bethesda and ubisoft in one week sony hasn't said shit still and then ea is until july i don't know about the rest but i guess like We'll see, but also at the same time now, Summer Game Fest is starting the same exact week, and I I don't know exactly, Jeff Keighley still hasn't explained how this coincides with E3. Uh, We had, I think, some predictions on it, we we did in 100, but 
we'll see what happens. Yeah. With that said, though, I think we're ready to pop in. But of course, this yeah. is Sutra Side Talk. We, we usually talk about each week uh, gaming, movie, TV show news. And then if we have time, what we've been watching and playing. And of course, this episode is no news, just what we've watched and played. And we're definitely going to start off here with uh, some shared wa- uh, some shared watches and one play that we did want to do in a 100. But because of the over an hour talk of Demon Slayer, yeah. uh, we didn't get to it. So starting off here, uh, we're going to talk about the fourth and final season of Castlevania on Netflix. Unless they decide to make a new season with like, simon belmont or something i don't know i feel like it'd just be a new series at that point i'm not sure yeah i guess that's what i mean yeah but yeah it it happened and i think you said it before uh how they do the setups it's like the odd numbered seasons are setups and then the uh even numbered seasons are like the uh payoffs i guess yeah i just i noticed while i was finishing this season that you know everything in season one was basically just build up for the payoff of season two and season three felt kind of eh because it, it didn't feel like a major story arc or anything it's just some random stuff happened and they introduced san germain and they introduced the concept that so- some people are trying to bring dracula back to the world for one reason or another and that didn't really feel like it had a payoff until season four so it's just weird that yeah each there's like a pairing of two seasons together for the show. So it's like there's two separate story arcs all together and each story arc is two seasons. Yeah. I definitely feel like the first, I guess if we're calling it arcs, so like seasons one, season one and two is arc one, season three and four is arc two. I definitely feel like arc one was better. Oh, absolutely. I easily, it like, the build-up to, you know, the three characters, the three main characters coming together, and then, it like, uh, like by the end of season one, and then season two is just them assaulting Dracula's castle, and it's just phenomenal. Like, it's... Yeah. And, you know, that... I get, like, really emotional about that uh, last fight with Dracula and Alucard, because uh, it's such an emotionally charged fight, and it's just so well animated. It, it's beautiful, but, like... So it's, and it's not to say that I didn't like seasons three or four. It's just, they never quite got to the same heights as season one and two did for me personally. It felt, it felt more like they were just trying to drag it out as long as they could, even though it's like, it wasn't too long. It was like, well, here's all these minor characters who are now the villains. And you're like, yeah. "Eh." And it, it maybe didn't help that the rest of the show after Dracula was killed in season two was basically just like people trying to bring him back. So yeah, it's like even when Dracula was gone, the whole sh- uh, show was focused around Dracula. Basically, I mean, it wasn't the main focus. It's just because season three covered a lot of like Alucard being alone and wanting companionship, and the, how that turned yeah, out. Yeah, the, the brother sister duo really kind of screwed him over, and that was not a fun season finale for him yeah uh, and then, like you had the whole carmilla arc and it was like all those vampires yeah. and uh what's his face um uh isaac had a really cool story arc though where he's just going yeah. around making his own like night creature army but uh, and he also hector was not having fun yeah <laughs> no i feel so time. bad for hector but 
you know, Isaac came back in season four and he's just like, yeah, you know what? I think the world can live without Dracula because he was literally going to basically murder the world. Yeah. And uh, the other arc of like these random vampires and basically everyone in the town where it all started for season four, that was interesting i don't know and then there was varney it was so weird when the the girl who was like part of the underground court like revealed the uh desiccated corpses of the royalty and she's like no it's okay they're magic they're just sleeping it's fine like oh you're insane then well yeah of course i'm insane what do you how do you think i would possibly be sane when i saw dracula's fiery face come down from the heavens it's just like wait so you're not too insane to know to not know that you are insane but you are insane like well, yeah duh it's insane know, it right super, it was super weird <laughs> yeah it was that whole their whole arc was, i liked all right I, I would say in season four i definitely liked ali cards arc more yeah for than sure. uh trevor and cypher yeah Cypher. like i love those two characters but they they basically were just going around from place to place fighting monsters that happened to be trying to raise Dracula in one way or another. Yeah. And yeah. And then Varney shows up and he's just like, I'm actually death. <laughs> he's like the, cause they say like, is he actually death? And they're like, no, but he's like a, what was it? A death vampire. Yeah. He's basically like a version of a vampire that feeds off of death itself and not like, you know, if you know, drinking human blood, he is, he is sustained by just, I guess, consuming people's death rattle or whatever. Yeah. So interesting. And then the whole thing where San Germain is like, I'm actually a bad guy. I'm an alchemist. I'm going to try to make a perfect being that's literally half man, half woman. Uh, and I'm going to put Dracula and his wife's souls together in it. And it's not going to go bad. And death is like, oh, no, I want you to do it because it's definitely going to go bad. And they're going to go insane and they're going to murder the whole world. And I'll finally be like full. Yeah, that was, that weird, was but interesting. That, that was that was definitely weird. I think so. I, I like as I said, I've not really played the games, but I have an easy. It's an easy understanding of yeah. how they work, and the story is easy to catch on to. Like I've researched it a yeah, bit before. The the story and, for Castlevania games are pretty simple. Generally. Yeah, so it's like this was you know they they're definitely trying to be more intricate with it. I, I felt like the whole the thing that I wasn't a fan of was the whole alchemy, uh, portal yeah. shit. I was like, that that was what was kind of killing it for me. I was like, I don't care about infinite corridors and shit like that. I just want to watch dudes kill vampires, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, so I, I liked that they had um, people trying to bring Dracula back because that is that is a common thing in yeah. uh, the Castlevania games. It's like you're constantly killing him and he's constantly coming back because someone summons him and resurrects him because there's always going to be someone who's like Dracula, you know what? Dracula was right <laughs> or whatever. And uh, so I, but like, usually that's, well, I don't know if it's usually, but one recurring character in the Castlevania games is some wizard called shaft, <laughs> which uh, mm. works under him. So like, I, I thought for sure that at some point San Germain was going to say like, you know, my, my original name was like something, something shaft or whatever. And I was like, and I was going to be like, oh, oh, my God, they actually put Shaft in the show. And then, no, it, 
they never mention it. He's just some other guy who tried to bring back Dracula some way or somehow. And just some Renaissance looking dude. Yeah, and his whole thing wasn't like Dracula was right. He's just like, I need a powerful being to, you know, wield the infinite corridor so I can get my girlfriend back or whatever. And yeah, who's just lost in there forever or some and shit. And Death is just like, you seriously think you're going to be able to control a god? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, I don't know. It. I didn't ever, like, I don't know. The alchemy thing was interesting because the homunculi are in the games from time to time but they're usually just like random enemies or whatever uh but yeah i don't know san germain just wasn't that interesting of a character in the end for me yeah the uh i guess the the whole north i guess it felt like it was the north because it's all snowy and shit but yeah uh the whole you know isaac carmilla hector arc and that that was interesting i was also it it felt kind of anticlimactic with that whole yeah. build-up Isaac just but also, showed up and killed Carmilla, and it's like, well, I guess we're not going to take over the world then. He he needed a lot of help, though, for sure, because yeah. he's like, he sent all his demons in, and they did, like, crazy epic style fighting with her and stuff until she was just like, I can't do this anymore, I'm tired. Yeah. She exploded. Uh, yeah, she literally exploded. I was like, well, uh, why? Uh, you know, sometimes vampires just gotta explode, bro. It's like some small dogs need to far like <laughs> Her two other like sisters or whatever uh, sh- were showing up right then. They were like, "Oh, hey, Carmilla's dead. You want to just like go live together somewhere alone?" <laughs> yeah, okay. Not alone. They I mean they're taking basically oh, yeah. the army with them. But uh, so that's what I feel like. I guess do we want to talk about that whole? The castle stuff or those two sisters first? Because I do want to talk about both. I guess those two sisters. All right. So I don't, I'm going to be honest. I don't remember their names. No, but no, no, I, I just, I liked the big one who had the day armor and I was like, so oh. that's what I wanted to talk about. That <laughs> scene was so cool. Yeah. And like, okay. So, you know, they, they, they're in that encampment area and then random peasants just start attacking them. And you know, it's working at first because you know, the vampires yeah, are good I thought for it was daylight. Actually really clever that the, the people were just like slashing the tents or whatever, letting the daylight come in and l- yeah. letting that do the work for them. Cause they don't know how to fight. They're just peasants. And then once the, once she gets the day armor though, that one, the day armor looked really epic. Someone yeah. said it was like a, it was influenced by Berserk or something. Uh, I'm not too I sure. I never watched that. it. Uh, I've seen some of the artwork for Berserk. I've never watched uh, or uh, read the manga, but I it definitely invokes a little bit of that for me. Okay. But, like, do that. The sword, the style, she's massive. And once she gets that armor on and just goes to town, they do, it's just so good looking and the yeah. music that goes with it. Everything about that just looked really cool. And then the other vampires start getting on the day armor. And it's like one of those... You know, the whole time you're rooting against the vampires, uh, I think that was the one time I, I was like, oh, this is, I feel bad for the peasants, but at the same time, I just kind of want to yeah. watch this day armor in action. And, like, I loved that moment after the fight where she's, like, taking off the armor and she ha- has that realization that these were not soldiers. These were yeah. not people that were sent to kill us specifically. These were just people defending their home and you know when i when i was you know cutting them in half i saw the fear in their eyes but it wasn't the fear of death it was the fear of having not been able to 
you know, save their people. And so that was the moment where she's like, this war will never stop. You yep. know, the Carmilla thinks that she can just roll over the land and take it all. But, you know, these people will never stop fighting for themselves. And she's like, I, I don't want to live a perpetual war because I'm literally immortal and I don't want to do that. Yeah, and it's funny, too, because she's like, it, it's supposed to be each sister has a specific skill. Yeah. And it's like Carmilla is straight up just uh, conniving. Yeah. Uh, she was war. I mean, like, she's the war uh, person. Yeah. The other one with her, I forget what she was. She seemed to be, uh, like, the numbers person. Like. Okay. Because the Lenore was the uh, diplomacy person. Yeah. Which, there that was the problem. She's like, I'm out of a job. Well, that's <laughs> like, why. There's no more diplomacy. <laughs> That's why the numbers one was like, listen, you don't understand. Like, I don't think we have the not manpower, but like vampire power to patrol to keep hold over all the world. Like, I don't think Carmilla's plan is like, what's the word? I'm I'm trying to say like viable or feasible. I guess both works. Yeah, because I mean, Carmilla's whole thing was just going like stupid old, uh, stupid old yeah. men, and I then going world domination from them because I yeah. can and I deserve it. Yeah, it's like, all right, yeah, you're probably gonna die soon. <laughs> yeah, she went insane. Yeah, she really, yeah, she straight up lost it, and it's funny too because she didn't really like there was there weren't really any betrayals against her or anything. She just naturally went insane. Yeah, <laughs> somehow <laughs> with world domination. <laughs> uh but I, I did like that the sisters lived like you, you think like oh how are yeah. they gonna die also who the hell is gonna be mrs war <laughs> who's gonna be her yeah uh i honestly i, I want to remember their names but um honestly because th- there were talks like oh what if they're spinoff shows and i'm like i guess if it was one about those two sisters that'd be kind of cool that a little bit but also it's not necessary at the same time uh, I mean, they're n- n- a spinoff of side characters in Castlevania is not necessary at all. They should probably, honestly, they should probably just do another yeah. one that's different with like another Belmont. But, uh, yeah, the story of like I guess Carmilla, Isaac, Lenore, and Hector, like you know, they're going through, and I guess Hector, after all the bullshit he went through in season three, like he's like, ah, I can do it now, and everything. It seems yeah. like I have my freedom, semi freedom, uh, but. I guess, like, once that fight starts, like, you see the, oh, the have a berry. <laughs> have a berry. Yeah. Ah, memories. Yeah. <laughs> someone, someone made a stupid-ass video where it's, uh, yeah, Isaac gives... Memories. <laughs> yeah. No, so, someone says, like, Isaac gives, uh, Mark Zuckerberg berries, and it's straight up just the same exact scene nothing's different someone just titled it the, the, the fly demon is mark zuckerberg oh and God, he's like so memories <laughs> i was like yeah. that that's too clever to to exist in this world but uh yeah no i i like that little like demon thing where you could see the the turnaround there with isaac which because at the same time too if they didn't do that then you'd be in a weird state where all the heroes were doing their shit and then there'd be another season where they go well now we gotta kill isaac like it would be yeah it would still be dragging on with that honestly i don't really remember what happened with isaac in the end other than like he he kills camilla or gets her to kill herself basically and then 
he kind of just leaves. He's like, yeah, Hector, have your have your castle with uh, what's her name, Lenore. Yeah, he he uh. It seemed like he didn't. He say he was gonna. Who was gonna write a book? Was it Hector or Isaac? Uh, oh man, I don't remember. I think it was Hector. Yeah, I think Hector said he was gonna write a book, but Isaac. I think he was staying there for a bit, and then he was gonna move on and help people rebuild and like the. I guess humanize those. Humanize the demons he had. Yeah, I guess so. Like I did like that conversation he had with the fly demon. With the fly demons, like we are night creatures. We, we tear flesh. We kill what, and you're having us build things why why are you doing that and he's like well sure that's what you were made for but that's not all you can do though you can choose what to do with your abilities as can i yeah imagine just like night creatures just in shops working just like hey how's it going yeah uh but yeah that that was fine uh honestly like it was some okay closure like i said it's like it was anticlimactic at the same time though yeah and yeah, just it just ends. You're like, okay, well, that's fine. And then the whole thing with Hector and Lenore, yeah, and that was just like, and she's just like, I'm not gonna live in a cage forever. Goodbye. <laughs> and she just like yeah. dies. I was like, fuck. <laughs> Hector just keeps losing. Yeah. But uh, I guess the only she... other thing is like, it's kind of confusing but nice that Dracula and his wife have a happy ending in the end. And they're gonna go to Britain. Yeah, just like somehow, some way. Isn't that the whole thing? Isn't Dracula? Doesn't Dracula eventually go to the? Oh wait, yeah, it does. In all the stories, Dracula goes on a voyage across from like Transylvania to the to Britain, like you know, uh, yeah, Bram Stoker's Dracula some, and shit, something like that. But yeah, like it's just super funny to me that somehow, after everything, like literally the last thing we saw was. They were, their souls were stuffed into that Erebus body and they were like going insane and the body was like trying to choose what form to take or whatever. And then they just like shove it back into the infinite uh, corridor for it to just, I guess, go insane forever. And then the last shot of the show is just like Dracula, (laughs) Vlad Tepes (laughs) and uh, his wife just like checking into a hotel somewhere or a motel a t- cabin an inn somewhere and they're just an like, inn just yeah no. and they're just like yeah i don't remember how we got here but i'm glad we're okay <laughs> should we go see our son no i think he's i think he's had yeah, i he's think had he's had good enough. like we'll, yeah we'll you should probably not do this yeah <laughs> and yeah i guess i guess it's kind of nice that trevor didn't die but i was like totally fine with if they were gonna do that because it's like it's the end of the season or series so you know, it would be sad, but it would be it would make sense that he's like, yeah, I'd literally sacrifice myself to kill death and save the world. Yeah, because I mean, they did line it up where it's like, oh, Sypha's pregnant. So that's yeah. where the next Belmont will come in either way. That too. And uh, him returning, I guess it was cool. It wasn't bad. Necess- I mean, like it was like enjoyable. Um, I but- did love that he just like shows up and he's just like, yeah, I guess I'm fine. And like he, he like pisses off Sypha somehow. <laughs> She's like, you colossal idiot someone <laughs> kill this man yeah, it's super cute i like their relationship yeah they're funny yeah. i mean she she because her it's always fun because her accent too because she's yeah. uh, a spaniard so it's like uh she always says something ridiculous because she's also been hanging around with him for too long because yeah, she's starting she to, swear. to swear and she's like i'm turning it to you like same with alucard he's like oh he's fuck like, i'm oh becoming belmont yeah 
everyone is just like the real the moment they realize they've taken a dark turn is they go i'm becoming belmont yeah <laughs> but yeah like i guess one of my only complaints of this season and it's not i guess a major complaint but as well animated as this show is there are some moments in the action scenes that were so like there was so much happening that there were times where i was just like I can't visually tell what's going on right now. It looks cool, but it's like kind of visually confusing, especially mm. with that last fight with uh, death. Like as cool as it was, there were definitely some moments where I was like, whoa, there's a lot of flashes going on. Oh my God. Not for sure. I, hmm. I don't, so it's interesting to see how this could go. Cause it's like, you know, they could just wrap it there and not do anything else Mm because it's like oh dracula's got a happy ending or they could somehow fuck it up and be like yo okay now some of belmont new series let's go bitches stuff got fucked up they burned his wife again and he decided to go on another venge quest yeah they did a second time and then they were like you don't sound like you're from london and then she got burned alive and you're like oh no (laughs) she's a witch burn her burn her yeah so who knows what's going to happen with that? But otherwise, you know, I'm good. I think the next thing they're making, because I heard the guy that was doing Castlevania was going to do like Double May Cry next. So Ooh, that could it, be you could be you could be getting that. I mean, it was Warren Ellis that did that, who's a comic book writer. Uh, he's oh. a big comic book writer. So I was surprised he did Castlevania. I mean, I guess, you know, you had, you had to create a story because it's like it's not really like the games at all uh, in terms of like storyline, because it's like the whole story, isn't it? It's just go through the castle kill dracula oh for i mean some of the castlevanians have more complicated stories like um in one of the playstation 2 games they actually introduced the concept of the forge masters that like hector and isaac were are were Mm -hmm. for dracula because you play as one of those and that's how they explain you can like make little creatures and stuff like that uh i wasn't a huge fan of the playstation 2 games i thought they were they tried to make them 3d and it didn't work super great for them all the time and uh, well, it was, i thought the only good 3d ones i guess were the lords of shadow games yeah i liked the first lords of shadow game the second one was meh. Uh, it's one of those things where they, they set up such a cool concept of like holy shit gabriel is dracula now and he's in modern day oh my god i want to play that and they just made it stupid when it finally came out. And I was just like, ah, you fucked it up. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Thanks, Konami. It's still fine. Wonder- it's just, it wasn't as amazing as I was hoping it would be. I know, for sure. It's like, uh, for me, I, I still have to go through and run back. It's like, I feel like Castlevania and Resident Evil are like the two franchises where I'm like, oh my god, it's going to be so much fun. But also just like, fuck, I have to like dig into these franchises soon. And yeah. It's going to take forever but. yeah literally symphony of the night like the the main story of that is just like yeah dracula is around he's fucking shit up and richter belmont went to go stop him and he went missing <clears throat> so that's why alucard decides like well i guess i'll have to take out take care of my dad or whatever maybe find out richter maybe we'll see and you do <laughs> eventually gotcha okay so uh next up we had uh what was it? i already forgot um, uh the pandemic spe- no vaccine special yeah the yeah park. the south park vaccination special all right so james they basically instead of doing two i guess 
was this six months or a year after the, uh, the pandemic special? Uh, no, no, it wasn't that long. I don't know. I could check, see if I could find. But it. you know, it's like it, it. This is a rare. It was a rare time where we're getting these single episodes that are like an hour long instead of a full on like. Yeah. Instead of like a whole season, which is like a handful of like half hour episodes. Yeah, and. I'm trying to make sure I remember, like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, because, no, we got it in, we got it right before the election, the pandemic special, because remember, yeah. uh, that was the one where it, it, the it, cops are doing the fucked up shit, and then Mr. Uh, President Garrison is like, don't yeah. forget to vote America, when he fucking burns up the penguin. Yeah, it ended with him, like, torching that thing. God, <laughs> vaccination special was straight up just like, oh, the vaccines, we gotta get the vaccines to our teacher, because Cartman fucked up again uh yeah yeah because yeah james that was right before the election so it wasn't that long ago it was actually only a few months apart then we like four months apart i guess yeah i was trying to go to hbo max to see if they would uh show the date when, yeah when it was published but it just said 2020 so i'm just gonna google it yeah I'm, I'm dude i'm pretty sure it was like september and october it was like one of those two uh so it was like a it wasn't it was probably six uh, months at the, the most pandemic special was september 30th 2020 i was right sweet and uh, vaccine special. It's okay. All right. So well, it, it'll just take me a second. So you can okay. keep talking now. Yeah. So the episode itself uh, was March 10th. Okay. I think this episode I liked a little bit more uh, just because it didn't feel as, uh, I guess, jam packed. It was like, I, I, we talked about the yeah. pandemic special, how it would have been so much better with all those different things could have each been an episode themselves in a whole season. Yeah, true. But it was all just kind of pushed into one. It wasn't bad. Like, it was a good time. It was just like, you could tell it could have been a lot better that, uh, was the issue. And I think the problem was like, we were like, oh my God, South Park hasn't been around for like almost a year. They had they have so much material to work with for the pandemic to uh, to make fun of. So we were excited to see, you know, oh, how do they tackle it? And they only really pick, picked like a few things to talk about. And they didn't. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, if, if they had had the ability to do a whole drawn out season, they could maybe have highlighted everything in, throughout the year that drove people nuts. Like they could have had a whole episode about the toilet paper shortage. But eh. that straight up could have been a whole episode. Like, actually, that could have been like the first episode. Yeah. And like after that, like there was so many, like I said, there were so many things they could have done, but uh, with the vaccination special, you know, it's, they're going around trying to get the vaccine for their teacher. It's a much more focused story because it's just like Cartman fucks up, gets their teacher to uh, to quit, and then they have to try to get vaccines for the whole uh, school board because they are trying to get her back, and that's like the only way they can uh, do it if she's vaccinated. If she, yeah, so it's, it's definitely like a much more fast track the vaccination. Yeah, it was a much more focused single story as opposed to like trying to do like a handful of things. And then you got everyone else just oh, to like. Be fair, though they did bring Mr. Garrison back for this episode. I like. <laughs> I love yeah, he, he just like kind of refuses to acknowledge why everyone hates him. Come on, Mr. Service. <laughs> oh yeah, and he's got like a new like male partner person just mr service. not even his partner it's straight up just a guy that works for secret service that yeah. is like stuck with him I, but because of his uh uniform attire he's just like i'm so miserable with my life yeah no i don't i don't think i meant like 
that kind of partner. It was more just like he's always paired with someone or something. So like in in the early show, he had Mr. Hat, which was just a puppet. Yeah. Uh, and then later on, he traded Mr. Hat for Mr. Slave. No, it's Mr. Twig and then Mr. Oh, Slave. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh, Mr. Slave. I forgot about Mr. Twig, who like Mr. Hat right. kept trying to murder. Yeah. <laughs> you oh, know, my like, God. The moment he finds Mr. <laughs> Twig in the boiling pot of water, he's just like, oh, my God, Mr. Twig. <laughs> anyway, but like, so he's always been paired to someone or something. So his new pairing is just like a Secret Service agent. Who's just got, like, he's a also gone on. through, a bu- he went from... I'm a closeted gay guy to I'm a gay guy to I'm a woman to I'm a lesbian to I'm a straight man again. I'm a gay man. It was, it it was such a, (laughs) like how many different things occurred? Dude, it was so funny when he went to like whatever the shopping, wherever he was shopping in this episode and everyone's like staring at him like, Oh my God, he's back. And he's like, Oh, I get it. You're all like confused about seeing a gay man in a shopping store or something, whatever the fuck it was. And it's just like, dude, no, that's not why it's we're seeing Donald Trump in a yeah. shopping center, and we all hate Donald. <laughs> that was great. Uh, the the, the one the, people the that were like, "We love you." The white, yeah, I was about to say the whites. Uh, and he's just like, he literally. They're like, okay. We're still on your side, sir. Just please give us an order. He's like, blow it out your ass. Or no, he's like, shit out your dick hole or something like that. And they, they're like, oh my God, that's not a thing I can physically do. So that must be a code. He's giving us a message. The conspiracy group. <laughs> oh my God, that shit was insane. Group, and he like makes a, he like parses out some message out of it. I don't even remember what it was, but it was basically just like, Oh, it was like that was how they were like, we need to go be tutors and we need to teach everyone about like QAnon, basically. I forgot. That. Oh, yeah. They start fucking up the kids' heads yeah. with that shit because they need like teachers. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Because everyone's like, they're pulling their kids out of school and they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, this is a home tutor. And then uh, Butters is the one that got fully actually like yeah. indoctrinated, right? Well, uh, <laughs> what what was their the youth group? It was like the QTs. <laughs> Yeah, oh my god, yeah, the cuties. <laughs> Which, of course, you know, brings in another thing, where it's just like, oh, oh fuck. Yeah. Oh my god. god. Jesus Christ. But it was, it was something like, someone confronted, one of the guys in the, in the main group confronted, like, Butters or someone about that at the end of the episode, when they were trying to stop them from getting the vaccines to the teachers, and they're just like, Butters, what the hell? He's like, I'll believe anything that'll let me go outside. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I can't remember if it was Butters or Clyde or something like that. But oh yeah, because a bunch of them get uh, like not even just Butters. A bunch of them do get turned because it's like when they are trying to get the vaccinations to the school. There's a group of kids there to stop them. Yeah, and they get into that whole fight, which was ridiculous. Uh, and then uh, what was it? Uh oh, the fucking who is who is uh? So it was Garrison, Mister Service, and who went with them? That was like, oh, we're in a place where anything oh, can happen. Yeah, yeah. Okay, they and it's they basically went with just the, the creators. And it was the whites, or, or it was, it was, it the was white with himself? Mr. White. And then like the the Hollywood elites literally started fucking with the show and like teleporting them to random places to get them like to stop them from uh getting their message out or whatever and they keep changing they keep changing mr white to like isn't he like a giant yeah by the end he's just like a giant dick with like eyes (laughs) (laughs) 
That is so fucking funny. And <laughs> uh, like, so it's like they're making fun of the idea that the Hollywood elites are behind everything and they control everything. But it is a cartoon that's literally made in Hollywood and it's literally would not exist without people controlling and creating it. So they kind of lean into that for this show and they're just like, yeah, no, the Hollywood elites do control this reality. Yeah. And I love the, uh, the poor Mr. Service gets transformed into Mr. Hat. Oh yeah. Oh, that's so sad. Kind of. Imagine turning into a fucking. I hope he's not like conscious anymore because that would be. Yeah. I hope it was, I hope if it was quick and painless. Yeah. (laughs) But then like, I totally forgot that. Uh, when Mr. White was trying to show Mr. Garrison, like, the whole conspiracy theory of, like, the Hollywood elites eating the, uh, like, kids' brains for some chemical protein or whatever, uh, on that wall of Hollywood elites was, like, Hillary Clinton and, like, some other famous person. And then, like, Matt Wasn't Stone it Matt and Trey and Parker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was so That's funny. So good. Yeah, Man, imagine teacher, imagine though. being famous enough, James. We we make so much money. We can go and eat. What, what was it? What, what it's like Regeneron eat? or whatever. The, I don't know. It's fucking it's from so kids' stupid. heads. <laughs> it's so, fucking it's so stupid. stupid. But yeah. Oh my god. Their poor teacher though. Like idiots. they they finally get the vaccines to everyone, and their teacher's like, right then starts to cough up a fit, and she like dies. Oh, uh, that was that. Yeah, that was just like uh, damn. That was they killed. <laughs> <laughs> they killed the Asian teacher. Yeah, and so now Mr. Garrison is their teacher again. I just love how things go full circle. Yeah, they really did a a good cleanup there. But God, yeah, no, it was I, I like I said, I think it was highly enjoyable, especially uh, just that whole breaking the fourth wall shit. Yeah, that was fucking great. I was so confused when it was happening. I was like, wait, what? What? What's going on? Yeah, and because like because it, it was more straightforward than the pandemic special, I think that's why it was better. Yeah. And uh, otherwise, though, at the same time, like if you put the, I think each special probably could have been five episodes. Yeah. And you probably could have had like, yeah, a full ten episode season right then and there. But I understand. I guess maybe. I mean, I, who knows how much harder it was to work on them? I'm not sure. But yeah, I I don't know. It's. I, I really can't say because I know a lot of work goes into this show normally to make it so timely and they to have such a quick turnaround from current events to making a show about it. But I'm guessing it's just way, way harder to collaborate about stuff like that on the fly remotely. So, yeah, I think uh, the hardest one they ever did was the uh, election one for Obama McCain. Mm, probably. Because that came out right after. Right. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. I the think heist. The- <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm wondering if it was actually, like, they pre-made it, and it was actually, like, uh, well, actually, no, because he does the speech in it, too, with, like, the actual Obama speeches oh, in it. Oh, yeah. Huh. Where he's like, oh, we're getting the dogs for the kids. <laughs> and, <laughs> but, yeah. Either either way, though, great, great episode. Um, if you haven't watched it, definitely go check it out. Uh, it's, it's a good it's time. It's weird. It's not part of the main season apparently like i just tried to look it up and uh in the last season the only episode is the pandemic special and oh the vaccination special is like its own special like a side thing i guess that's weird yeah it's kind of weird yeah i wonder now it's just straight up like thanks to the pandemic thanks to the vaccination special give us another season (laughs) (laughs) but either way good time good time yeah uh next up 
uh, the last one here for like the shared at least because also we're already at 40 minutes from just two things uh hellblade senua's sacrifice so i played this a bit ago uh i think that was my 2016 or no that was 27 it was i was just starting 2017 yeah because i was doing this and eventually i got to odyssey because odyssey was also 2017 i think or wait no no it wasn't no that was i don't remember anymore there's a lot of things that were happening but i did this i played uh hellblade sinuous sacrifice and holy shit james that game i'm so glad i never i was like the minute i started playing it i put on headphones i never took off the headphones like it was like i knew i knew very well from everyone talking about it all the time especially as someone who enjoys you know being a sound designer like enjoying sound aspects i was like i need headphones for this for sure and damn the just the way they have it just at the back of your head yeah all the time works so well because it really feels like it that was honestly one of the most immersive games purely just because of the sound even though you're playing in third person like it worked so freaking well and it's like it is you know it's not a fast-paced game it's very like you're going through it and it's not there's action in it but it's not the main thing uh it works it's such a good balance for a game that's like not that long either yeah i love how they use the the voices in senua's head for like it's not just people talking to you all the time it there's moments like when you're in combat instead of having like a flashing button over your head it's to dodge at at the right time literally you'll have one of your voices just whisper like behind you or watch out and that's your cue to dodge and i love how simple that is and how well it works yeah and i love that it's not just one single voice it's straight up all these different actual voices there and each one is vastly different like they're all kind of contradicting each other or like conflicting with each other's opinions some are like oh senua can do this she she can do this it definitely like and others are like she can't do this she can't do this she'll never succeed she'll fail every time and it's like yeah, and like I love like I think when I first played this a while ago, I described it as like kind of like the random thoughts that you have in your head of like, oh, I think I could do this, or like, I don't know, I don't know, maybe I can't do it, but like if they were given physical sound within your own head. Yeah. And you see like everything because it's like I understood then like oh she's trying to wasn't it she was trying to put her husband to rest? She or was, was trying it- to bring him back. That's what it was. Okay. And in like all she had was his head, which was according to the Northmen, the seat of his soul. So I guess the idea is like she needed his head as a vessel to bring his soul back from the underworld. And that's why she had that with her. Yeah. And they're Celtics, right? If I remember correctly. Uh, or are they... I think so. Um, there, there was like a documentary in the menus of that game that talks about like her people versus the Northmen. And I think, I think and the Northmen are basically the Vikings, they right? They are. It's and that's like why they're straight they, up just coming in and being like, ah! Yeah, they just like show up and just like fuck everything up and like sacrifice people in horrible ways like they did to Dillian. Yeah, poor Dillian. Yeah. And like he's the only one that cares too because like everyone else is just like treating her like shit because yeah. of her uh, like the, the issues she has. And it's like yeah. she was born back in a time when people didn't know about like they probably didn't even know how physical uh diseases happen let alone mental diseases so they 
You're counting on a person to control the weather, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like her father, spoilers, like you find out towards the end of the game, her father. This whole episode is basically spoilers. Yeah, very so true. Yeah. Her father, like, killed her mother by, like, burning her at the stake because he was, like, she she was corrupted by the, the dark voices. Uh, she was uh, possessed by demons. You see, you could see because of the black smoke raising from her, which is literally just, like, your fat burning or whatever. Yeah. Uh so the and that i i think the insinuation is that that moment like broke senua's brain and that's where her psychosis really started and and i mean i could be wrong on that because i think it's also like there is a hereditary uh component to it but it's again in that documentary that they have like included in that game they talk about like the amount of time and effort they went into talking to people that actually have various kinds of psychoses so they could try to as accurately as they can recreate them in the game because they wanted to be i guess respectful to the people that actually do have to deal with stuff like what senua deals with on a daily basis although hers was obviously a pretty extreme case especially too because it's like you know in modern day there's medications and things like that there's ways to i think that's what i was trying to get to before i got uh sidetracked by myself was uh so that's the thing is like she has these voices and these like dark impulses not impulses but just like she hears voices that aren't there and everyone around her who's still very superstitious and you know primitive in their thinking is like oh it's not that there's something wrong with her you know brain chemistry she's literally talking to demons and yeah and so yeah she was ostracized from her whole people ex- except for dillian who's just like no i i care for senua and then like you know he in his own way suffers through it as well yeah from making that choice which you know yeah and th- and that's another thing that the documentary talked about was like her going off and trying to live alone in the woods for a while was like a thing that people would do back then like it to try to cleanse themselves of their impurities or whatever and so she i guess went off at some point hoping to cure herself of her darkness that she calls it and when she came back like her entire village was destroyed and dillian was literally like skinned alive it looked like and dude there are scenes from this game that i'll literally just like look up on youtube just to watch from time to time and that scene where she finds dillian is so sad and yeah like heartbreaking and like the music is so good and like the really dark voice talking to her about like you know when he needed you most you were gone oh the male voice yeah and he's just like now that you're back he's so far away in your heart or like in your sword still beats a heart or something like that and like just i the words of that speech mixed with the music and the camera work and like just the the look on on senua's face where she's clearly like her eyes aren't moving from the spot that she's walking towards. She's clearly like staring at Dillian's body the whole time that she's walking. And you don't see what she's looking at till like the camera pans back around her and you see him like hanging there. And it's, I, I don't know, just the artistry that went into this game is on like a different Insane. level. This, is, this yeah. is why like this is one of my favorite games of all time. Like at this point, like I just, I love it so much. And this is made by uh, Ninja Theory. So, yeah. like, these are the guys, for those that don't know, uh, they did Heavenly Sword. Mm-hmm. They did the Enslaved Odyssey to the West, and they did DMC. 
Yeah. All, and all games I liked. Yeah, they, I, I played, honestly, just Heavenly Sword for the most part. Like, I didn't really play the other two. But this is honestly the other game I played with them. And so I'm like, they, they just always do great stuff. And they're, you know, they're, they're not a massive studio or anything. But they always just somehow do all this awesome stuff. And with this one, it was like above and beyond. Because Heavenly yeah. Sword, I loved it. It was I mean, every, James, it was like female God of War, right? Yeah. It was like, it was like the gameplay was God good, but I couldn't tell you much about the story. I don't, I didn't really care much about it. Yeah, I mean, that, that was like God of War back then too. No, yeah. <laughs> I don't give a shit about the story either for that game. But uh, it, I mean, it was never bad. Like that game was awesome. And it was probably one of the best early PS3 games besides Resistance 1 and Uncharted yeah. uh, uh, Tricks Fortune and stuff. That was probably the other big game back then uh for me at least and looking up at like this this is so different because you know we're in a much different time this is like ps4 xbox one time at this point and it instead like everything's a lot more daunting you know it's like you're going up against games like new god of war now and you're like oh fuck so seeing this game and the way it excels where no other game does in which it's sound is just so amazing and like besides just the sound itself which you know we we got through i think and like the psychosis you go through of the utilization of that when you're going through it uh it's very straightforward uh for the most part like there's puzzles you have to solve yeah to get through areas mostly just like lining up runes and stuff like that yeah and then the combat itself isn't difficult too much like it just depends on how you play yeah it feels a little Uh, bit like not exactly, but like the uh, the um, Arkham games where you have like a basic attack, a heavy attack, and like dodges and stuff like that. It's it's pretty simple, but yeah, it and it's well. very arena style because yeah. like you're very limited in space and what's going on until there's like a big boss and then you're like, oh shit. Yeah. But otherwise, like it, yeah, it works really well. And the areas you go through, because when you get to hell, you're just like, oh fuck. Yeah uh it's very interesting because they do a great job of populating a game without a population you know yeah it, it, you never feel like it's missing something it, it just works in every aspect which is very surprising uh for something of like that style like just seeing something that is like you're going through these areas that you think like oh, this is kind of empty but then you know the whole time you're like i wonder what's over here i wonder what's over here yeah and there's those uh not I guess technically collectibles, but it's like those, um, yeah, the rune things that, uh, yeah, the runes that you collect and you get stories of the Norsemen and their, um, what do you call them? Their myths and stuff like that. Their beliefs as well as like people she's talked to, like the guy who trained her. Uh, I can't remember his name. I forget. I forget his name, but Drew. Drew, Yeah. Yeah. The issue though, for me, not an issue. It was Mm -hmm. just my own like, fuck. So, James, I almost did. You platinum that game? Mm-hmm. Well, I did. I, mean, I played it on Xbox for game on Game Pass. Okay, so hundred percent of the though? thousand points or whatever. Gotcha. I am one trophy short. I think it's a silver trophy. Oh, and it's the runes. Oh And no. I missed one. I missed one. And you know, it's like the way the game works. There's no chapters, and you don't know which one either. So that means you have to go get all of them again. And I looked at it, and I'm like, I'm one trophy short. To get this single trophy, I have to play the whole game again, which isn't bad. That's like six hours. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to wait, guys. I'm yeah. going to wait. 
But I will do it. Because uh, it's kind of been... The way I see it, honestly, Hellblade has entered the area of God of War, Ghost of Tsushima, and Spider-Man. Where they all have new game... Oh, and Horizon Zero Dawn as well, maybe. Eh, fuck, do I want to do that again? Uh, but... They all have the new game plus modes that came like after the game came out, except for Hellblade. But, you know, it's like, oh, do you want to play new game plus? And I'm like, no, I'm good. I already 100%ed like the base game itself. I don't need to do it. But they're all potentially, maybe not Ghost of Tsushima, I'm not too sure. They're all going to have sequels. And before the sequels come out, I'll probably then do new game plus mode because it's like, oh, I did everything already and now I'll have everything already. I could just run through it for fun just to play the story itself. So I figure, because, uh, you know, we have Hellblade 2 Senua's Saga coming uh, sometime to uh, Xbox. Yeah, like. I, that is probably the the major, the number one Xbox game that I am most yeah. excited for. Just because, I, like I said, I loved Senua's Sacrifice so much. Then that one trailer that we got for Hellblade when they revealed the Series X... I, I literally keep watching that over and over. Oh, that shit. That's so, it's so fucking like, good. Yeah, I no, uh, cannot wait for the, for uh, Senua Saga. I think Senua Saga is probably my, the biggest Xbox first party game coming to me. And then it's followed by, uh, what's the other big one coming? Um, from Xbox. Mm, I mean, there's Halo. No. Uh, <laughs> Avowed. That's what it. Yeah, oh, from right. Obsidian. I that's want the, that yeah, Elden yeah. Ring. <laughs> Elden, yeah, fucking, uh, I don't want Elden Ring, James. I want that game. I want that game to take ten years, so everyone else mm-hmm. can suffer and understand what it's like to wait for a George R. R. Martin property that's fucking <laughs> Winds of Winter <laughs> and understand happen. the plight of the book reader. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah, Avowed is like the other big one I'd say because it's just it's Obsidian and I'm like it's Obsidian, so. Yeah, Hellblade, though, loved it. If you guys haven't played Hellblade, go fucking buy that game. Like, actually, yeah. if I could recommend one game, I would recommend Hellblade. Like, yeah, it's like, you know, there's all these big PlayStation games. There's all this other stuff through Party of the Assassin's Creed, whatever. I would easily just recommend Hellblade because you're. it's not something you're going to be doing for weeks. It's a yeah. six-hour game, and it's an experience. And it's something that it does so well. Because it's like, you know, a lot of the other games I love, but, you know, they're very much like what I expect in games. Hellblade is so unique and is something that's like, it's very innovative. And it is something that stands out. Like, you're not going to find another game that's like Hellblade until you get Hellblade 2. So, uh, definitely, definitely check out Hellblade. It's only six hours and it's probably... Well, like I'm assuming anywhere from twenty to forty bucks, unless yeah, you have like, like Game Pass. It's like get forty it on bucks there. on Xbox. It's, yeah, I assume it's like about that on PlayStation. Yeah, it's probably. It's crazy that like this game is not even like a full sixty dollar game, and it's so much. At least on in the visual um, and audio standpoint, and also like the just the storytelling aspect, it is way better than a lot of like triple a games to come out for like 60 70 dollars nowadays yeah it really it just it just doesn't man it doesn't because it's not it's not a safe game it's not a a lot of games that come out are very even though they're awesome they're great just like movies they're very safe they're on a specific style that you're like you know you're not going to go out of uh 
off the rails for this kind of thing. Whereas this one was like, you know, they're taking a risk making this type of game. It's also, and it paid off. Yeah, and it's also like there's not too many games that are like intentionally ambiguous that and they make it and that it comes out like well because you know there you can make an ambiguous game and people just come out at the end being like well that was confusing but for Senua's sacrifice like the whole time you're like is is this actually happening or is she just that insane that like this is the world that she sees and you know what's actually happening but also you know when she gets to Hela at the end and she fights her and like the way it ends is so confusing because it kind of ends with Senua just like kind of refusing to bow to Hela. And like the whole that scene is in the perspective of Hela. Yeah. And then like Hela picks up the God Killer sword and kills Senua. And then that the scene changes and uh, Hel- uh, Hela picks up Dillian's head and she slowly turns into Senua. And I spent so long just thinking about that scene and what that meant, like the symbolism of that moment. And I, there are so few games like that other than like um, Shadow of the Colossus that I can think of that literally made me think about like, what did that ending mean? And that's, I think that's one of the reasons why Senua's Sacrifice has stuck with me for so long is because like it gave me not just like a cool game to play, not just like a fun experience, but like it let it gave me something to think about for a while. Definitely. Definitely. And God, I hope that second game comes out this year. Oh yeah. yeah we'll see. God. Yeah. We'll see what happens. But all right. I guess now down to the singles, man. Yeah. All right. Uh I got should I? I think I'll. I think I'll jump into the games, man. Right. I think I'm gonna jump into the games, or more games, I guess. Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Ooh. So, I would say you know each of these Tomb Raider games has improved from the last one that I'd play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely like. It's like I played when I played Rise of the Tomb Raider. I was like, oh, this is you know it's better than uh just Lara Croft Tomb Raider and then I played this one and I'm like oh this is actually you know it's better than uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider and it is uh, I played so this game I think I played in one day the whole thing because do you know why I played this whole game in one day because <laughs> mm, of the theme and location <laughs> no uh, because it was extra life Oh, right. This was when I was doing the 24 hours. Uh, I was doing some other stuff too, but eventually I got to this. And I actually ended up playing... uh, I went 27 hours instead of 24 because I was so far in this game. I said, well, you know, fuck it, guys. We're just going to finish this today. And I kept going for an extra three. I was like, you know, it's probably only going to take another hour. And it's like three hours later after being up 27 hours playing games nonstop. I was just like, oh my god, this is so much. It wasn't honestly that long, because uh, it's like the whole thing with like, you know, the first game takes place on some island in the Pacific, the second game takes place in like Siberia, and then this one takes place in, uh, is it Mexico, I think, or part of Mexico, I couldn't, I don't remember, it was like, no, 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 it was, I mean, uh, I can't remember if the, if there was a lot of, was it Aztec or Mayan uh, influences in that game? 
I think it was Mayan. And I think she actually goes to South America or Central America mm. at a certain point. I don't remember, honestly. I, I, I don't recall which country it was. But they definitely just go all out with it. Because you get like, uh, you know, it's Laura doing, it's like a trilogy, it turns out. Because I wasn't really sure exactly what was going on. This the whole thing with the, with the, the um, what's the company called? It was uh, Trinity. Uh, Trinity has been like working against her in the last two games. And in the second game, I think it was the woman that betrays her that like was actually like her dad's girlfriend or something. And she like dies at the end of the second one. And it's like, oh no, it's Trinity. And then like uh, this one is her going too far. Hence why it's called like Shadow. Mm. Like Laura Croft Terminator is her straight up just trying to survive. Rise of the Terminator is her kind of like becoming who she needs to be. And then Shadow of the Terminator, as the name implies, is like her fucking up royally. Because uh, she literally kills a city of Mexicans. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh I thought about it because I was watching it and I'm like, you know, this is the only game where people, you get to play as a British woman who wants an entire city of Mexican people <laughs> and still feels bad for herself. <laughs> and I was like, God damn it. Uh, yeah, like she takes an artifact and by touching the artifact, straight up like the dude who's like the main, the head of Trinity is like the villain in this one. So it's like you're, it's like all culminating to this one i guess th these guys finally it took it's taken three games to do it or whatever and like she takes the dagger or whatever it was and he's like you've doomed the city and stuff that's on you like i didn't pick it up you did so it's your fault and she's like i wanted to get it first before they did and then all of a sudden you just straight up see a flood hit the city and oh my god <laughs> it's just like um oh, okay and did you play the other games i forgot no i'm actually like a uh, I I think I only played the first one. Remember Jonah? He was the yeah. Uh, big, yeah. So he's in. He's been in all three games. He's yeah. like the secondary character in all of them. And he's like, yeah, we gotta help these people. They're like on a rooftop. She like survives the flood. She like straight up like goes through the water and shit. There's actually a part where there's a like a ten year old boy hanging from uh like an air conditioner, uh trying to like climb up. And she's like, grab my hand, and the boy strip just falls. Oh my god. And you're like, oh shit. And it's like horrifying. And I'm like, that's why I'm also like, yo, people are like, people were fine with this, but then they're like, I don't want to see a little dog in a wheelchair explode. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but I'm going to keep coming back to that. People, if you watch, if you listen to episode 101, you'll understand why I keep saying this. But uh, it's pretty, it's pretty dark. And like, she gets on a roof and. Jonah's like, we got to help these people and stuff. And she's like, no, we got to go after Trinity. They're going to do some fucked up shit. We got to go stop him. And he goes like, Laura, shut the fuck up. Like, look at these people. Look what happened. Like, we have to help them. And you're just like, damn, dude, she like straight up blind now. And uh, eventually after then, like they go after uh, Trinity. And it is, it's set in a jungle. Like there's jaguars and stuff going after you and whatnot. And uh, you meet, like, two groups of natives. Like, there's actually a hidden tribe of people that are uh, the ones that are protecting the land. And then there's the ones that have been protecting what they're searching for. And I'm going to be honest, sorry, uh, because it's been so long. That's why I got to get through this now before yeah. I forget further. 
uh, there's like this whole eclipse that's going to happen or like the sun's going to get blocked out and uh, the world's going to change where it's like tr basically with this artifact, Trinity can actually take over the world. Like it's, it's one of those take over the world things. And I think it is that they can control. I don't know if it's the weather, but they, there are certain things they can then control in order to then like just be in charge of shit, I guess. And and I'm sorry if I am wrong, because like I said, it's, it was November. What, what is it now? It's May. Uh, yeah may 31st so tomorrow's june so it's been six months uh i have a lot to catch up on guys uh but the the whole thing is like she has to stop them and you know the gameplay is great it's still the same like they've been very consistent with stuff i, I won't go further into the story too much that way like you know people can play it and whatnot and you can play it but uh the gameplay itself is awesome like it's still like the whole survivalist thing so you're like you're gathering resources as you go there's like plants and trees you can gather to build arrows and other types of resources you can utilize like traps and whatnot uh you are utilizing like the climbing mechanics and everything else like the stuff that they adopted in uncharted 4 was straight out of tomb raider like that's yeah. one thing i always said and the rest of it though like uh the story itself is cool and it always felt weird because you know this whole time you're playing these three games you're like this doesn't feel like laura croft you know like uh, who she is normally, and I'm not saying like, yo, where the short shorts at? Why, why wow, she? Wait, why didn't I see a midriff? It's more like she's very, um, very confident and experienced in those games. You know, like she's very like she doesn't seem like she's lost. She knows exactly what she's doing in the older games. And what I realized then when I was playing Shadow and what the at least Crystal Dynamics said was like. Uh, this was supposed to be her coming of age, I guess, uh, trilogy of story of like, this is how she is before all of that. This is how she is like becoming what she needs to be. Cause the whole thing is like, oh, I need to stop Trinity. And she ends up doing that. And you like, there's, dude, there's some crazy shit where like you find, like there's the regular tribe that she helps out and they're straight up like just native people from a lost land. It's like, oh, okay, cool. It's, it's like, uh, James Marver wrote to El Dorado. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like that. And then if you go into, like, the, the places where the she has to get to for, like, the main destination itself inside, then you get to the people that are protecting that. And those people are a little bit different because they are blind and can't see. I think they're, like, cave people, creature dwellers. They're basically, like, albino... Um, remember the dudes in Uncharted 2? Yeah, wait, yeah. The guys that drink the sap? Mm -hmm. Think that, but not that big. Like, just, like, normal-sized people, but they're just basically, like, a bunch of golems running around, like, so, and you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. So, like, the weird vampire-ish thing dudes from the first game that got cursed by the sarcophagus? Yeah, actually, yeah. And it's crazy, too, because Laura basically, uh, they... They give her, like, a cool native outfit that's, like, um, it's, like, one of those full-on, like, uh, not Aztec dresses. I guess it would be, like, Incan or Mayan dresses. But it's, like, mm. uh, she goes through. She has to, like, dress this way to go to them. And then the one in charge, she's, like, a creepy witch queen thing. And Laura basically leads them into battle against Trinity in this underground crazy shit to the point where there's, like, a chopper. And you just see them jump on there and they're all like dying. Like there's so many of these oh things God. that they're all getting shot and killed. 
but there's so many of them. So they're like climbing up fucking pillars and shit and jumping on the Trinity guys and just like killing them and just like fucking them up. And you're just like, dude, this is insane. And James, I'm just saying like, this stuff was intense because I'm like going, this is like 25, 26, 27 hours in a 24 hour marathon. I've been uh -huh. probably up for two days straight and it's like, Dark. I like turned off the lights and stuff for the most part. I think that my no, my light was still on, but like because I had to I have the camera on. But I'm like, you know, my eyes are like dying, and I'm like this, just like, oh, fuck. oh, they're <laughs> ripping in the shreds. Oh, Jesus, and oh my God, it was it was honestly really good though. This is probably the best of the three. Like they've constantly improved the the games as they've gone, and I I would say like if you haven't played these three games, they are probably the they're really good Tomb Raider games in the sense of the mechanics. Like, the story itself is hit or miss, depending on how you look at it. But, like, you know, I get people, you know, I don't actually get some people. Because I get, like, you know, some people are like, you fucked up Tomb Raider, you made her less attractive, blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, it's cool. <laughs> like, the game's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I, I do see, like, the, like, like I said, the characterization itself of, like, she's not, like, this confident, hella experienced woman. She's, like, straight up, like, a girl that's still kind of with daddy issues being like, Oh, okay, what happened to my dad? Why did Trinity kill him? And like coming of age. And it definitely feels like, cause I think crystal dynamics talked about it after like, you know, they're not just making Avengers content that I'm not going to play, but like, uh, they said they're working on a fourth Terminator game. And I think that's supposed to want be the one where you're going to start seeing the familiarity there where it's like, it's going to start bridging uh, that feeling of like, oh, this is the Laura Croft Terminator you've been playing for the last three games, but here's her now with that classic like PlayStation 1 and 2 experience of that character. So that could be something to look forward to. Uh, but it definitely there's a big tone difference just in the voice because, like I said, in the voice of the old games, she sounds very like confident. In this one, she's like very, you could, there's a sense of fear, I guess, or like innocence, I guess you could say, when, when she's mm. playing. Uh, like wonderment of like oh uh so it, it does a good job of laying out that difference and if they could do that for the fourth game where you're starting to see a full change if they could do that with like the voice actress where her tone changes and how she speaks and stuff that would be really cool to see that growth uh, uh that'd be really awesome but yeah no it's a good time uh i like the environments too because you know you're going from like tropical not tropical but like weird island to uh snowy siberia where everything's fucking just snow and forest to straight up like jungle and ancient ruins and stuff like that so it's big differences there for sure uh and i always love adventure stuff that's the thing like as a big indiana jones person and just like adventure stuff in general i always love games like this and enjoy them so good time for sure yeah. Uh, did you want to talk about another thing or? Uh, let's see what time are we at. One ten. We're at an hour ten. Yeah, uh, I could talk about something. You know what? This is gonna be kind of weird, just because like I have not watched the whole series up to this point, but I mean it is ongoing. A while ago, I finally got around to watching the first season of Cobra Kai, mm. and I know uh, you haven't watched this uh series yet because you said you're waiting for the original karate kid movies to get back on uh, netflix because uh you want to watch those movies first honestly like i think the only one you really need to watch 
Um, maybe that's not fair. Like the, I was gonna say, the only one you need to watch for this season the would first be one? the first season or the first movie. But there are references to the other movies uh, later on, from what I've been told. But uh, it's, I think it's pretty unanimously agreed upon that like the first Karate Kid is like the real classic. The second one is like pretty good, and then like I think three and def was there a fourth one? I'm not sure. I think there wasn't was, there but one it wasn't with a girl. Like, I think it. I think there was a fourth one, but it wasn't Daniel San or whatever. Uh, so I don't know. Just like the last movie or two are just like not really worth your time, apparently. Mm. But uh, anyway, I don't know. I just. I really enjoyed the first season of Cobra Kai and I really want to get onto the rest of the series. It's just, I, for some reason, when I first watched it, I was so like into it that I had, I immediately had that like, well, I, I just watched the first season. I don't want this to ever end. So I'll never watch the rest of the show. <laughs> and which is like a weird way to experience something where you're just like, I want to watch it, but if I watch it, then it'll be done. But um, they're actually they're they just announced like the fourth season coming out soon or something like that. So I guess show's still going. I should keep watching it. Yeah, and I'll, I'll get to it eventually. But one thing I just I absolutely loved about the first season is that the main character is like basically the bad guy of the first movie. Uh, okay, isn't it uh, Ralph Macchio? No, Ralph Macchio. Oh is, no, Tony Zapka. Right? Yeah, that guy. Um, so. The guy who was, like, bullying Daniel in the first movie and who, like, beat the shit out of him until Mr. Miyagi showed up and, like, destroyed, like, a whole gang of teenagers just to defend Daniel's son. And then he's just, that's where Daniel was like, can you teach me how to defend myself? And that that's the whole, how he got, uh, got into karate and became the karate kid and had the whole tournament uh, at the end to prove that, like, I can... I can defend not only defend myself, but I can succeed in like this tournament against these people who were using karate for selfish reasons and stuff like that. Yeah. And one of the major, I guess, do you care too much about spoilers? No, I don't. Okay. You, could, you could go off. So, on it. it's fine. So the way the first movie ends is with like Daniel gets his like leg smashed by one of the other guys on the Cobra Kai team. And, like, not to the point where his bone is broken or anything, but he's just, like, it's he's in a lot of pain and he can't really put too much weight on that leg specifically. And so uh, the Johnny character, the, the other guy from Cobra Kai, he goes out and, like, his teacher is literally, like, go for the leg. He's like, what? But but he's injured. That wouldn't be, go- uh, like, right. He's like, I don't care. It doesn't matter. All that matters is winning. Like, you want to be a winner, right? You don't want to be a loser. And so, like, that's why, uh, um, I literally just, uh, said his name. Johnny? Johnny. That's why Johnny, like, was, fought so dirty in that last fight. And, like, it ended with Daniel, do, like, doing this, like, amazing crane kick where he literally could only stand on one leg. And he just, like, did a really quick, like, kick to, uh, Johnny's face. Literally, he just, like, jumped off of the one leg that he could stand on, kicked him with that same leg. And then, like, landed back on that same leg, like, super fast so that he literally never had to put any weight on the other leg. And in, like, uh, God, I can't I can't remember if it was, like, a mid-80s movie or, like, an early 90s movie. 
that was a phenomenal way to end the movie because it's like, oh, the kid learned like an advanced technique and he successfully did it and he knocked the other kid out. But they ignore the fact in that movie that they specifically said that headshots are against the rules. So technically, Daniel should have been disqualified. And they cover that in this Cobra Kai show that like Johnny's whole life since then kind of like never he was never in his prime again. Like that was his moment where he was like on top and just everything kind of went downhill from there. So to the point where on when the show starts, he has like basically nothing. He's divorced. He has like a yeah, shitty... I saw that. I remember the, seeing the trailer. He's just on the ground yeah. next to an empty bottle of beer. I was like, of course. Yeah, he's like constantly drinking. He has a shitty apartment. He has a shitty job that he doesn't care about. I think he's like a handyman or whatever because he's like he's good at fixing things but he's just like he doesn't really have any other skills besides like using his fists for stuff or whatever yeah like manual manual labor stuff and uh he's also like very clearly still stuck in like the 80s or whatever because he still uses like a walkman or or whatever and he he still watches vhs uh, tapes and so like he literally like doesn't know about like newer technology it's it's crazy and stupid and funny but he basically blames Daniel LaRusso for almost everything going wrong in his life. Cause like he sees Daniel is like successful. He has like a nice car dealership and like he has billboards all over the place where he literally, he, he leans into his, his uh, top moment of like winning by that amazing kick. Cause like all his billboards say like, we kick the competition and stuff like that. And, uh, and so Johnny is just like so bitter against Daniel and you know Daniel at this point is just like oh whatever I'm I'm successful and I'm happy I don't I literally don't even think about Johnny anymore or whatever and they keep getting uh thrown together like very early in the season Johnny's car his like firebird or whatever that he's like absolutely loves gets totaled and it turns out to be Daniel's daughter in the car that like smashed like hit and ran his car and he finds out later uh, johnny finds out whose daughter it is later and like they they just they end up rekindling this like decades old rivalry over like this shit and like uh at one point johnny's like estranged kind of fuck up son who i mean he's smart and he's like able to take care of himself, but he's like, I don't go to school because like, fuck it. I can I can make money by just like scamming people whatever. Mm. Uh, Johnny, like Johnny's son eventually literally just to fuck with his dad goes and gets a job at Daniel's um, uh, dealership? car dealership. And then just, he actually gets really close to him and starts to like him. And he Daniel starts teaching Johnny's kid. How to, oh. how to do karate and meanwhile johnny had like he restarts cobra kai because it's like the only thing in his life that was ever like a positive thing like as shitty as it was to teach your kids like you know no mercy no surrender it made him a stronger person and that's one of the things that uh this show leans into is like yeah people like at least according to johnny like people are too soft nowadays like everyone's like afraid of offending everyone but like you know what like, so what if you get upset at someone for some stupid shit? Like, that builds a callus around you and you get, it doesn't bother you as much the next time. Like, people are too too soft nowadays because they don't let themselves get hurt and stuff like that. Like, 
so i like this i like this i like this a lot and like the first season ends in like an amazing kind of like reverse uh karate kid tournament where like literally daniel's protege and johnny's best protege are fighting each other and it's just like it's so interesting that they successfully try to make daniel like he's not like a bad guy but he's definitely the antagonist now and Johnny, who was the bad guy, is now the protagonist. And he's, like, not the best person, but he's also not terrible. And he's trying to teach these kids not just – not to be, like, terrible and selfish, but to, like, you know, be able to handle themselves. And don't don't be, like, worried so much about, like, offending people. Just, like, be honest and stuff like that. And, like, I don't know. It's just I really should get into the next seasons because, like, literally the cliffhanger for the first season was, like, johnny's old like asshole sensei shows up and i'm just like oh no the bad guy's back oh the one that was like hit him anyway yeah, the, even the though guy's just like go for the leg it's like but sensei that would be wrong you're like literally like he, i think he like smacked him in the face he's just like i don't care go for it i assume he's back because he heard he started his uh, uh-huh. uh original oh yeah. shit so like that's the thing is like i was like so ready to like watch it but i was just like but I don't want this to ever end because it's so good. They somehow take so many references from the original movies and just like turn them over and flip them on their head. And it's just like, it's a, not only is it just a really entertaining show and I'm just like, it's almost a travesty that this started on YouTube red. Cause like almost well, it's all on Netflix. Now that's the thing. Now that it's on Netflix, this, this show has like blown up like crazy, but like, I don't remember anyone really talking about the uh, Cobra Kai when it was just on YouTube. I think people did. It was just because it was on YouTube. No one cared. That's, that's uh, the thing. Like the, on, the only thing I remember hearing is like, wow, for a YouTube show, this is actually really good. But like, who's going to spend 10 bucks on YouTube Red? Like, I don't know, I'm sure there are people, but it just, yeah. it's not one of those absolutely necessary subscriptions like some other places are. Okay. But yeah, like definitely... If you're a fan, even if you're not a fan of the original uh, um, Karate Kid movies, Karate Kid like, movies, you might not get all the references to the previous movies, but like it's still at least an entertaining as hell show, and like the characters are so well done and so well written, it's it's great. Okay, sweet. Yeah, I'm definitely like I said, once I watch the Karate Kid movies, I'm definitely gonna get into this, and it seems like, you know. I didn't lose anything besides one season, and it's like because you still got two seasons, you're fine. You yeah. can make through. I'm but so- you know, first things first, go watch Invisible Man. You son of a bitch. Yeah, that and Glow season three. I don't know why I was yeah. like, you know what? Instead, I'm gonna watch Community. God. So I could talk but, about that last season I never watched. Exactly. But uh, let's see. We are at. An hour 22 should we just stop there I yeah guess? i think that's yeah, good i think it's a good spot yeah got all a bunch of shared ones done we got one individual one done each yeah and i'm just like cool that leaves eight games uh. <laughs> uh it's gonna be great but okay we got i think it's june 12th so we got two weeks about well actually no that's probably gonna be um let me double check really fast right now so we have it, what looks like, honestly, probably one more week before E3 to record. So episode 103 is probably going to be all the E3 shit. Uh, episode 102, James, hopefully, hopefully is going to be a lull in news. So we could get as much as we can done before E3. Because I'm afraid, you know, guys, once again, summer last year, 
is what made us have to do Black Log specials because of the amount of news. I'm hoping that it's not like that this summer because otherwise, you know, last time when summer started, we weren't in like a, a deficit of content. Now, I mean, not a deficit, but like a, a surplus. And it's like, if it happens again, then it's going to be like, oh, oh no, I have 20 games and 60 movies to talk about. That'll be horrifying. But hopefully it's not too bad. If they can keep everything in these like symbol weeks, then life will be okay. But uh, yeah, we'll see you guys in episode 102 next Monday. And uh, of course, you know, like or pretty much like subscribe to this on whatever platform you're listening to. Uh, share it out wherever you can. Uh, you can email us at sutrasidetalk at gmail.com. Uh, send us feedback, comments, or a question if you want us to read your question on the show. And of course, uh, you can follow James on Twitter at invadergym124. You can follow me on Twitter at gogocomzilla. And you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at sutrasidetalk. We will catch you guys next week, though. Until then, uh, Get to your backlogs and see what you can uh, get out of the way. Yeah, don't be like me and just keep trying and failing to play more Returnal. Well, no, I mean, yeah. I'm playing it. It's yeah, very slow progress, it feels like. But Exactly. Yeah. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening. All right, so long.